You want me to describe 30 or 40 miles of, of the worst trail they went across in one word? Yeah, I would say miraculous is definitely right there. Given the fact that no one died through here, giving the fact that no one mutinied or rebelled, but that Cook at this point had tested and proven these men to the point that he was uh, as proud of his command as he ever expressed his pride in his command. Miraculous is an excellent word for this. Close your eyes as we and our hiking friends attempt to help you imagine what it was like hiking through river bottom sand, a cactus forest, a hill of giant granite boulders, and then ending up in a flash flood carved canyon. So the story here is the Italian is leaving uh, the Viacito Valley. And I've got some paintings done by, I think it's Eastman. And you can actually see that it's almost like a little marsh or a little lake out there uh, behind where the stage station was eventually built. So, you know, it seems like there may have been a reasonable amount of water there if it was a fairly wet year, which apparently it was. So the camp is starting to move out from Viacito. And of course, the scouts are up in front. They're out there in front of everybody looking for the best place for the for the wagons to go. And, and then following them is the road building crew. They're, I imagine they're trying to move some of the cactus out of the way so that people don't have to walk on it. From the top of Campbell's grade, you can see the road uh, as you look back to the east. But anyway, so the scouts have been out a couple hours in front of the command. And uh, Cook comes riding up. Colonel Cook comes riding up and... The major scout, I think it's Antoine LaRue, is kind of sitting there on his horse. And uh, Cook rides up to him and says, what's going on? What's, what's happening? And LaRue turns to him and says, I think we're boxed in. We, you know, There's no way over this. We're going to have to backtrack and find a different route. And Cook, in his official reports, he says, I told him warmly that he should find a route over or I would send up a company that would soon do it. And then Cook says, within two and a half hours, we had all the wagons over. So to me, that's one of those things where Cook is expressing his complete confidence in the battalion at this point. He's willing to send up any one of the group uh, to do whatever he asks them to do, and he's confident they'll accomplish it. And then they crest the hill there, which it's called Campbell's Grade today because of the highway that's there. But back then it was known as El Porto. The door. So they, they crest that little hill, they get back down into Mason Valley, and then they've got two or three miles to get over to where Box Canyon is at. And that's when Cook, you know, grabs out the hatchet and the axes and he starts banging at the wall too. He's 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 gonna set the example at this point. If the men are willing to do it, he's willing to do it. So that that's the background there at Campbell Grade or El Puerto. <laughs> If you listen to the last episode titled Enduring the 90-Mile Imperial Desert, you will know that we are walking listeners through the three-day stretch between Plaster City, California and Box Canyon as we hiked it. You'll hear from multiple people in this sequence who share their various perspectives. We hope it will give you a glimpse of what it is like on that part of the trail. That brings us up to the end of the day where we go back to the Jensen's and we pitch our tents and you guys get some rest. 
and get geared up for the next morning, which is when we start at Vallecito Valley and go to Campbell's Grade. Let's have Peter and Terry describe Campbell's Grade and their impressions. First of all, had either of you seen it before that day? No, no. never been there. Okay, so what was your first impression when you saw it? Yeah, I was I was kind of impressed how steep that was and and the, the huge rocks everywhere and how they managed to get a wagon through all that mess. It was just beyond me. And then I think each of us kind of picked out a a favorite route where they the trail would have went. And I think mine was the farthest north or or east. And then um, somebody else, I think Kevin had one a little bit farther west from me and and so forth. And I was just thinking of the improvements as it went along, you know, we've probably the real rough the first trip through and first group going through in this in the wagons and in the battalion and maybe a few, you know, settlers uh, beyond before that or after that. And I was just thinking, you know, it's probably not going to be well done yet, but then they improve on it as you go along. And I think the farthest west one was probably the most improved um, as far as moving boulders and making, making it usable to take uh, vehicles through. Like also that ad that was kind of, I thought it was kind of neat myself as is we we walked that full day all the way through the the to the uh, the creek it's camped overnight and then we drove up to the to the jensen's and came back down and started up again and i think it was a whole two or three days almost where i didn't have to walk on a road which was kind of kind of neat we we're walking through a lot of drainage you know some draws and those kind of things and and all the way up almost to to the um, Box Canyon, I think it was like you could almost stay off of the road and walk where they would have walked uh, during that whole period, other than the fact that walking through every single little sticky, nasty, pointy <laughs> thing you could possibly come across <laughs> was, uh, you know, I just feel sorry for those guys who probably didn't have any shoes or anything else. And the poor uh, the mules or and cattle or anybody else that's walking through there having to go through that that horrible um, cactus and other agave and the whole and all those things out there is just just kind of impressed me. Wicked. Yeah. Levi Hancock called it Cactus City, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Leaving the Badlands and the stuff where there wasn't any, anything would grow at all, you know, as you're going through the through the valley, um, you know, through El Centro and all that kind of country until you get to into the uh, the creek area and that, that canyon and then after that man it was just nasty 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 and they were horrible to get out i remember we were trying to use combs our son had a comb or i had a comb in my haversack and we tried to use that to get them off and our clothes and our pants our son john was hiking in shorts <laughs> so he got cactus stuck in his legs and i think this is the area too that cook mentions that uh this new this new cactus and, and this is really a, a yeah a, a different kind of guy that uh they would get stuck on the mules and it was driving the mules crazy or, or mad make them mad like yeah i can see that too but imagine being barefoot through that boy terry what do you remember about campbell's grade and hiking up that area it was such interesting changes in terrain and things like that as we went through the, I think we, because we were kind of climbing a hill going up through that area, quite interesting to just be right there within it, seeing the differences, and yet they all had thorns on them. Every single plant had <laughs> thorns. I'll echo, too, what Peter said about the boulders on, on Campbell's grade. Oh, my gosh. 
how did they get wagons over that? These are boulders that are, you know, four or five feet in diameter. Jeez. And, you know, it was interesting. I'd like Kevin to tell what actually happened there that day with the battalion. But as you're talking about, Terry, how things, the terrain changed so much. Yeah, I'm imagining back when we were doing our reconnaissance, we're stuck in sand, right? And then you go into and you get a little tiny bit of water. And then we go to Palm Springs and there's more vegetation, but not a lot. And there's a little bit of elevation, but not a lot. And then we head up to Campbell's grade and all of a sudden we're into cactus and huge rocks and boulders. There's no sand anywhere on that Campbell's grade. Yeah, it's all been washed out. And these are granite boulders, uh, big, yeah. big, nasty granite boulders. I guess it really surprised me how close Box Canyon was to Campbell's grade. Had any of you been to Box Canyon before? I haven't. I had, but I, I just uh, kind of stayed up on the top looking down, not getting down into the canyon itself, and especially the canyon below, place where they have the observation point. I kind of covered that observation point a bit, but I hadn't gone further down where the the canyon walls are so close together that they had to chip rocks away to be able to get the wagons through. So what were your impressions and takeaways, Terry, from having been there? If you just go to places and look at a spot where everybody is looking at because it's an observation point, you don't get the whole picture that the battalion got because they had to move right down, right through the bottom of that whole valley fighting their way against the against the rocks because they were just so everything was so close and so hard that they'd have to just change how they were doing things every time they came to a new obstacle. Oh, that's a good point. I like that. I love the ingenuity and the and the perseverance that the, those men had to, to accomplish what they did, especially going through that canyon and and finding a way around the box. And you know, that was kind of that's kind of interesting too. Yeah. Now, I, I came across from the San Diego Historical Center, I got a 1905 photograph of the Box Canyon. And this is before they've done the clearing that's there today. The, you know, the, the wagon road went through there, but it was still pretty primitive and pretty small. So it wasn't really blasted very much uh, back then, uh, as late as 1905. Well, uh, there's a picture there of that and it's got a wagon there with a couple mules and a couple men and a boy and uh, so it's it's this great photograph and you see how tight it is for the wagon going through there but here's the really bonus thing which i i use my geology background on you've got the photograph but it also shows the mountain ranges in the back and there's like four different ridge lines that you can see in this photograph so the thing is, you take clear plastic and you trace those ridge lines out and then you walk up and down the canyon till those ridge lines, which you hold it up against the sky, against the ridge lines you can see in the background in real life. And when you've got your tracing from the photograph that matches what you actually see in the field, you're in the same place. So now we know exactly where the narrow part was at. I remember we got to the box and um, first thing I looked at was the ruts on the far right-hand side that went almost straight up the hill. 
I'm thinking, oh, this has got to be it because it's so primitive and so, you know, it looks like the ruts we've seen in other places where they went up the hill and, and just formed this, this thing. And then Kevin found one farther down below. And then we found the one right down just above the, uh, the box or the, the cliff itself that was much later, probably the, either Butterfield or the, or the actual road. So it was kind of neat because we got that picture of, of three of us standing on each what we thought was <laughs> the best trail. And uh, that was that was kind of neat to see. So we were just up there about two weeks ago with the uh, uh, planning committee for the for the uh, 2022 uh, conference that's going to be held there in San Diego. And they've actually replaced the old marker that uh, pointed out the the cut and fill roads as the Butterfield and the Mormon Battalion roads. And so they've they've gotten rid of that old marker that was incorrect. So. If you go there, you'll see that there's the two cut and fill roads. They look nice and level. Well, not level, but they're nice and flat. And they've got cobbles to hold the, the road in place. That Those are probably the uh, more modern early car roads from the early 1900s. But like Peter said, there there's a couple tracks further up that uh, go further up the hill, more direct. And those are probably the wagon roads. <laughs> This truly has um, significance for the battalion story, this path that you folks traveled these few days. If you had to use one word to describe it, what would it be for your experience along the trail through this particular section? What would you say, Terry? Miracle. It was a miracle they could get through that section. They had to have some help outside of just themselves, I think. They must have had a good engineer spirit helping them. Peter, what about you? You want me to describe 30 or 40 miles of, of the worst trail they went across in one word? Yeah, I would say miraculous is definitely right there. Wait, I want oh. to give my word. Oh, Kevin. I'm going to preface my word by they kept having stuff peeled off at every major juncture more and more of their support more and more of their resources got pulled away. And at this point, they are down to nothing. And yet they got through. So I'm going to go along with you guys, given the fact that no one died through here, given the fact that no one mutinied or rebelled, but that Cook, at this point, had tested and proven these men to the point that he was uh, as proud of his command as he ever expressed his pride in his command. Miraculous is an excellent word for this. All right. The last question I have is, obviously, you appreciate more where they were and what they went through because you've seen the terrain and you actually had to hike it. But how has this experience traveling this extremely difficult part of the trail how has it impacted you in the way you think about life yourself i realize i got it much too easy yeah i think that's you know to that point i had had such a blessed life i couldn't have imagined what would be going on with them and that sort of thing and we that's what we all ought to think just the last few years experiences have told me that 
I have really, really, really had a wonderful life. And it's all because my mother took our family into the church and taught us, taught me anyway, how to live the gospel. And so we're so blessed, we, and we don't realize how blessed we have been. That changes your attitude, doesn't it? Yeah. And For me, I, uh, I'm going to continue the thought that I had, we shared just before I said the word miraculous, that they kept losing and kept losing and kept losing. And I'm going to shift that into personal experience. I'm going to say, I'm going to say it this way. Just when you think it can't get any worse, it does. And when it does, there's some kind of miracle that comes along and fixes it for you almost. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you keep How could you do what they did with just picks and shovels? Yeah. You keep your wits about you. You lean on each other and you support each other. And you can still get through. No matter how bad it is, you can still get through. I think another thing is faith. You know, they had faith in, in the Savior would help them continue or our Heavenly Father would help them continue on and, and accomplish the mission they were sent on. But, you know, I, I you know, kind of wonder sometimes if they were thinking of themselves as the, uh, as the, the youth in, uh, in the Book of Mormon and, and how stout they were and strong they were. And they were thinking, you know, we can do that too. If we have, they had the faith. If we have the faith, we can accomplish just about anything. You know, that was one of the things that I learned uh, from this whole trek was people would keep asking Kevin when he would give presentations, why did they go? <laughs> you know, what were they thinking? Leaving their families, why would they do that? And <clears throat> it's because they believed in Jesus Christ and a prophet of God and the prophet asked them to go. And they had the integrity and the belief system to be true to what they believed and they were going to carry out whatever responsibility they were asked to do no matter what happened and i think when that happens that's also when the miracles happen that opens us up to be able to have those kind of things come into our lives that enable us to do things that we otherwise wouldn't be able to thank, thank you, you terry for for sharing so much you've you've been a, a big help to us well Thanks for the opportunity. Let's do it again sometime soon. <laughs> <laughs>